right, good morning, everybody. Uh, I want to read you a quick announcement real real fast. I get in here. Uh, I forgot to mention this last week, but we're, we're still going to be doing the, uh, the food roundup uh, for the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home. Um, and what we're going to do this year, instead of actually doing the food, um, we're going to take, take up gift cards. So go anytime you can go to uh, the store and get whatever, I don't care if it's five, 10, 15, 20, $100 gift card to say uh, um, uh, Lowe's Food, Food Line, Walmart, something like that, grab it and bring it over here. And there's a box right inside the foyer there and just drop your card down inside of it. And um, I, we're going to try, I think, the 30th. I think it's April 30th is the deadline, and then we'll get it all turned in to um, to the uh, association for them to, to send off. Uh, there's flyers out here on, in the foyer on table. Grab one if you got any questions about it. Um, seems like the both times that we're supposed to mention it, Kristen is kind of over it. Kristen Turbyfield is kind of over it, but uh, she's not here again, so I'll just talk about it. But it's going to be a good thing. We used to do it in the past. Y'all did it in the past and did actually did food. But this year we're just going to try to do the food cards and uh, and get those turned in. Got a goal of about $1,000 if we can do it. I think it would be great. I think it would be awesome. And uh, if you all know our hearts, everybody here, we, we love them young. And so if we can help them out, that would be, that'd be great. If you got your Bible, turn over to Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7. And we're going to look at something that, and I'm tickled to death that Jerry and Sage is here because it has, this has been laid on my heart a lot because of you two, and uh, I'm, I'm tickled to death that, uh, that they're here and, and they're back on their feet, and Sage, you're looking good, Jerry, it didn't help you a bit, but you're, it's okay, it made your hair fall out. <laughs> uh, but this is about persistent prayer. We don't talk about it enough. We talk about prayer. We'll toss one out here and there when we need it. But until you're, you're backed up against the wall, and until you get cornered and you just have no way to get out, you don't understand what persistent prayer is. And, I, and I'm going to define persistent for you in a moment. But there's a, there's a lot goes, there's a lot went on in this church the past couple of years. A lot has gone on. 85% of it has to do with Judy <laughs> and her family. A lot has gone on in that family, but a lot has gone on in this church. It is because of persistent prayer and having church members that pray persistently that these prayers have been answered. We don't just come up here and, and get around the altar once and say, Lord, please, if it be your will, touch it and move on. It's because this church prays persistently we don't stop what we're doing we don't stop the praying we keep going and we see God answer prayers in ways that other churches I'll be honest with you I don't know that a lot of churches that get to see it the way we're seeing it right now not that they're not praying it says we're very persistent and God answers the persistent prayer I want to read obituary to you real fast I know that's kind of <laughs> weird way to switch gears I know but I'm gonna read this obituary to you real fast <clears throat> We're sorry to announce the passing of Mr. Prayer Meeting. He died recently at the First Neglected Church on Ho-Hum Avenue. Born many years ago in the midst of the Great Revival, he was strong and healthy as a child, fed largely on testimony and Bible study, 
He grew into a worldwide prominence and was one of the most influential members of the church family. However, in recent years, Brother Prayer Meeting has been failing in health, gradually wasting away until rendered helpless by stiffness of knees, cooling of the heart, lack of spiritual sensitivity, and the concern for spiritual things. His last whispered words were inquiring about the strange absence of his loved ones, now so busy in the marketplace and places of worldly amusement uh, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Experts including Dr. Goodworks, Dr. Socializing, and Dr. Unconcerned disagree as the fatal cause of this final illness. They all administered large doses of excuses, even ordered a last-minute motivational bypass, all to no avail. A post-mortem examination showed that, the def- that a deficiency of regular, regular spiritual food, a lack of prayer, and Christian fellowship all contributed to the untimely demise. We can laugh, but buddy, that, if that don't just hit the nail on the head right there when it comes to prayer. We're lacking the prayer in, in our homes. Churches are lacking prayer. Personally, people are lacking prayer. We've got to be people of persistent prayer when it comes to talking to God, when it comes to asking for those things that we need, not want, but need. We've got to be persistent. And as they say, as the Bible says over in Matthew, not to, to pray in vain repetition, we're not to continually pray the exact same words every single time. We need to mix it up a little bit. And there's some things that that uh, there's several preachers I know and th- that do this, and I and I'm so thankful that these men do this. But I'll say I need you to pray for me. And then they'll stop what they're doing, and they don't just say. You know, this brother has something on their heart or something going on. Well, call my name out. They call my name out. That is huge. When you are persistent, when you pray, you call out the object if you know what it is and that person's name if you know what it is. You have got to call it out. God knows what it is. But man, I tell you what, when you call them out by name, something about it, something for me, personally for me, there's just something about calling out somebody's name in prayer, and then whatever the situation might be. The power of prayer, it's, it's obvious. When you look at prayer, and, I'm, and again, I'm going to use this church because I can. Look at this church. It's obvious what prayer can do, and just inside the walls of this, just the four walls of this church, it's obvious what prayer does for this congregation, what prayer does for us individually. But it's obvious what prayer does. We can't ignore the fact that prayer, pr- prayer is a powerful force in the life of the church. It's very obvious that prayer is powerful force in our lives, in the Christian life. It is prayer that gets us through. I, I, mean, I praise God for my salvation, but it didn't end at salvation. One of the things that came with salvation is the, the mediator is that, that Jesus is there now, and I can speak to the Father anytime that I want to. That's one of the perks of salvation, is that I get to talk to the creator of the universe anytime that I want to. It is through the power of prayer that I can do that. I have conversations with God Almighty, and you do too. It's not just when we need it. We can talk to Him anytime. Any time we want to, any time that we need to, whether it's to thank him or ask him for something that we need. We can't ignore the fact, though, that uh, prayer is powerful 
And we got to have it. We got to have that prayer life. But why? And this is the question I'll ask you this morning. Why does it seem that God answers prayers for some and not others? It's what it seems like. How many times have you asked yourself that? Why is God not answering my prayers, but I watched him answer those? Why is God more faithful to this group and not this group? Why is God doing this for these individuals and not me? How many times have we asked that in our lives? Sometimes we get jealous, don't we? Why is God blessing that those people? Why is God blessing that church? Why is God blessing that family and not me or my family? We ask that question a lot of times. Is it their faith? Is their faith that much stronger than you, yours? I don't know. I have no clue. Is it their relationship with God? Is it closer? Is their closer? Is their relationship closer uh, with God than yours? I don't know. That's between you and Him. Maybe it's the way they pray. Maybe they get down on their face and pray. Maybe they hold their hands up and pray. Maybe they use big words and pray. Maybe, I don't know. This is my opinion this morning. I'm going to give it to you whether you want it or not. I believe it's persistence. I believe it's because people are persistent in their prayers. And we're going to really dig deep into this this morning. Persistent prayers. I love that. The definition for persistent means firm or obstinate uh, continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. They keep praying through the hard times. How's that? They just keep praying. They're persistent. One of the things, and I know I've mentioned this before because I said I called Jerry out on it. One of the things when I dispatched, when I was a 911 dispatcher, was we used repetitive persistence. Repetitive persistence. We asked the same question, or we asked, and we have to tweak it a little bit, but we would continually ask until we got what we were asking for. What is the 911? What's the address of your emergency? Oh, my husband's arm fell off. What's the address of your emergency? There's blood everywhere. What is the address of your emergency? 1700 Squirrel Creek Road. I got what I needed because I was persistent in asking. God likes that too. He likes us to be persistent in our prayer. When we're asking for things that we need, be persistent in your request to God. Be persistent in your speech to God. Be pers persistent with whatever object you're taking to God. Be persistent. Be precise when you ask him. If you got your Bibles open, stand with me just a moment. We're going to be over Matthew 7, 7. Y'all know this one. Matthew 7, 7. The Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that, see, that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom... If his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? Let's pray. Father, this morning as we start, start off with a great question, why does it seem like others get more than others when we ask why does it seem like you tend to bless others more than you bless us lord I, I don't believe you do i believe you bless us all lord i i know that you hear our prayers 
you hear our cries, our petitions, Lord, you, you hear them. And you do answer them in, in, your, in your timing and within your will. Lord, this morning I hope that through this message, that it would strengthen the prayer life of each individual that's here. I pray, God, that you would just touch our hearts this morning. Some of us struggle a lot more than others when it comes to prayer. Some of us may only pray on Sunday mornings or, or just bless our food. Lord, I pray that uh, this morning that you would open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our mind to see just how much you want to hear from us, just how often that you want to hear from us, and that we would have a, a stronger, more lengthy conversation with you on a more daily basis than we ever have before. God, I can't thank you enough this morning for answering the prayers, the cries, the petitions from this church. Lord, we've seen you work miracles through these prayers. Lord, this side of heaven, I can't thank you enough, and neither can this congregation. But Lord, right now, we'll just say thank you for your healing hand, for that blessed touch that you put on so many people over the past couple years that we've seen here. We've seen you remove cancer. We've seen you place a new liver. Lord, we've seen you take away pain. We've seen you take and put life and breath back into those that struggled. That's not anything that any doctor has done. That's not anything that we have done. But all we've had to do is just bring it to you. Lord, we thank you again this morning for hearing those cries. I listen to your son's name, we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. First thing we're going to look at as we get started in this, and I love, I love that verse, verse 7. We're going to read it again. But we're going to look at the pattern of persistent prayer. There is a pattern to prayer. And verse 7 plainly tells us what that pattern is. Ask, seek, knock. That's the pattern. We've got to follow that. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Ask, seek, knock. Now, for you nerds, those are called verbs. They're action words. We've got to do something with it. Asking is an action. Seeking is an action. Knocking, it's an action. We've got to do something. So that's what Jesus is telling y'all's Bible. Hopefully, this is read for y'all. That's Jesus talking right there, and He's telling us you gotta do something. He's not saying just sit there on the pew on Sunday morning and let the preacher do the praying. What He is saying is talk to me, ask. What He is saying is seek, get off your pew and look for it. And what He is saying is knock, beat on them doors, beat on them hearts, look for it. Get up and do something. It's an action that he's wanting from us. We have to understand that prayer is active. It's, it's active. We've got to do something with it. We have to be, that's got to motivate us. This scripture right here ought to motivate us to do more, to get, be more active in our prayer life. The issue Jesus is raising right here is intensity. Are we intense in our prayers? Do we just say, Lord, bless my day and move on? Lord, keep me safe and move on. Or are we pretty intense with our prayers? Now, I'm not saying that you need to get down and just absolutely drain yourself with sweat and just and tears pouring out when you pray, which is a good thing. You can do that if you want to. I remember my pastor telling me one time that there was times that they had to change the carpet at the church because it was so worn out from knees and toes and tears had stained it from the prayers 
of those folks coming up and praying at the altar. That's praying. That's praying. But he's saying you've got to get moving. You've got, you've got to be intense with this prayer. He said you've got to mean it, but you've got to put it in action. And he's telling us right here, he's commanding us right here. The, the, you know, we talk about commandments a lot. We talk about things that Jesus tells us to do. But did y'all, under, did y'all see the fact that he is commanding us to put our prayer in action? This is a command from Jesus right here. He is saying, you have to ask. He said, you've got to knock. You've got to seek. He is telling us. He is commanding us. When you pray to me, you've got to put it into action. He is commanding us to do so. He wants us to have this conversation with him. He's commanding us, though, to put it into action. He fully expects every believer to be an act of prayer. When you are saved by God's good grace... He expects to have a conversation with you on a daily basis. He expects for you to come to him when you have a need. That's what he expects. And that's what he wants because he has a relationship with us. How many people do you have a relationship with in your life that you don't talk to? Not many. That's what relationships are about, communication. When you have a relationship with somebody, you want to talk to them. When you have a relationship with somebody, you want to connect with them and, and you want to talk to them. I can't think of a person right now that I have a relationship with that I don't want to talk to. I want to keep growing in my relationship with that person. So with salvation comes relationship, and with relationship comes communication. Communicating with the Father. It makes a lot of church. I don't know where I read this, but a preacher said this one time. He said it makes churches uncomfortable saying we are not New Testament Christians if we don't have a prayer life. It makes churches uncomfortable when they can admit that they don't have a good prayer life. It's about the show. It's those churches that when you walk in, you think you're at a concert. It's those churches that you walk in and the pastor has no clue who you are. It's those churches you go into that sing for 45 minutes to an hour and the preacher gives you a quick 10-minute devotional. It's those churches that can honestly say that they don't have a good prayer life because it's all about the, the nickels and the noses at that point. It's all about all the tithing that comes in and the number of people that come in that sanctuary. It has nothing to do with prayer. Most of those have nothing to do with Jesus. It's just about singing the whole time. And in a quick little pick-me-up devotional. The way Jesus speaks is important because it's in the present tense right there. So if I could, and I'm not going to reword the Bible by no means, but in the English right now, in 2021, right now, if I could read that to y'all in a, in a different tongue, I guess, or a different way, Jesus is telling us to keep asking. Jesus is telling us to keep seeking. And he's telling us to keep knocking it's present tense he says keep doing it don't stop what you're doing keep doing it and don't stop keep on keeping on now there's three steps here to persistent prayer and the first one of course is asking step one we've got to ask him we have to there's no way around it yeah he knows your heart folks he knows when you got something laying on you he knows when you got a burden he knows when you've got a need he knows when something is just weighing you down he knows it But he loves to hear it come from you. He loves to hear you talk. He loves to hear that conversation between you and him. He loves to be a part of that. 
So he's saying, step one, just ask me. Just come to me and ask. Asking is to make a request of God. So that's what praying is. It's asking. It's making a request to God. We ask something of God because we need it. We ask something of God because we know that God can provide it for us. I know my God can provide. Now, if I was to go up to Conley and say, Conley, I need you to pay off my truck, Maria's car, and our house right now. I'm asking. I can't receive that from Conley. Can I? <laughs> okay. Just, just checking. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get that from Conley. That's something I want. I'd love to have both vehicles paid off and the house paid off. I want that. Do we need it? Not really. I mean, it'd be great. But what he's telling us is he can provide for us. So if I ask God for a need, he will provide for us. And that's, that's what he wants. He wants us to all, he wants y'all all to understand that this morning. If you have a need, take it to him. That was a song I was going to have you sing this morning, but Nat, he, Nat outweighed me this morning, so we had, it's all right. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's what he's saying. I love that song. Take it to the Lord in prayer. If you have a need, take it to the Lord in prayer. If you have a need, he says, ask. If you have a need, he said, seek. If you've got a need, he said, knock. If you've got a need, take it to God. Secondly, the second step is seeking. Seeking is asking plus action. Asking plus action. So first we're asking, now we're going to put that into action. We're going to start looking around a little bit. We seek when we need something of value to us. We're looking. We're looking for it. There are times when we need to take an active role in, in our prayer life. Yeah, we can ask, that's great, but we've got to be active as we're asking. So that's that action that I'm talking about. So seeking is action plus, asking plus action. I'll get up there in a minute. He said, we've got to seek it. What, when you guys, when you're praying for a job, do you just get down on your knees and say, Lord, I, I need a job, and just wait? No. What do you do? Lord, I need a job, and then you get out, and you start looking for it. The Lord's going to lead you. He's going to guide you to where he wants you to be in that life. He's going to guide you to the, to the right job. I don't believe in praying without action. I believe if you need something in your life, if you need that job, then pray for it. By all means, pray for it. But get out and look for it. God ain't just going to wave a wand and there's your job. He's, he, wants you to, he wants you to do some of the work. St. Augustine said one time, pray as if, as if everything depends on God, then work as if everything depends on you. I truly believe that. Pray as if everything depends on God, and then he says, work as if everything depends on you. Get off your knees, get off your tail, and Go. Be active in your prayer life. And, of course, the third step is knocking. Knocking is asking plus action plus attitude. So now we're going to put it into action. We're, we're, we're going to be knocking around here. This shows our petition and asking, our purpose and action, and our persistence in knocking here. We knock when we're shut out. 
Anybody ever been locked out of their home? Been locked out of the office? Been locked out of your car and somebody's inside of it? What do you do? You knock. We need in. I need to make entry into this. I'm cold. I got to get in the house. We got to knock. We knock on things that only God can do. Only God can do. We'll knock and we'll knock and we'll knock and you know how it is, we'll, we'll bounce around and we'll, we'll find a door, we'll keep knocking on doors and knocking on doors and then God's going to open that door for us, the right door. It's just like the job I was talking about. Maybe you go out and you do interview after interview after interview. At least you're getting out and you're doing the job interviews. At some point, God will open the door at the exact, the exact right time, the perfect time and the perfect place for you to be working. But you've got to keep knocking on them doors. You've got to keep being in action. That's how much we depend on God. Because we can't open them doors. If you could open a door, you wouldn't knock, would you? I'm not going to sit here and knock on this door and just wait. There ain't a soul. There not be anybody back there. There ain't a soul back there. But guess what? I can open it. I can open that door. Well, if that door was locked, I couldn't open it. We knock on doors that we can't open. But we're knocking on doors that we know God can open. And he's going to open the right one for each one of us. But you've got to keep knocking on doors until you, till you find the one that he is behind. Secondly, the purpose of persistent prayer. Look at verse 8 again. It says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open." Prayer is based on conditions. The first condition is that we are sincere in our prayers. Now, I'm going to go right back to over in Matthew, what I was talking about earlier, about uh, praying in vain repetition. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in vain repetition. I believe we need to mix our prayers up and not say the exact same prayer every single time. I don't believe prayers should be read out of a book either. That's just me. I don't believe they ought to be lined out and, and, and you pray these words. But I'll also tell you, I don't believe in, in, in sal them salvation cards. I might step on a toe or two here, but I don't believe in saying this prayer on this card and you're saved. I believe prayer comes from your heart. It ain't what somebody wrote out for you. I believe that God wants us to have sincerity in our prayers. Because he'll answer them. When he knows your heart, when you are praying to him and you do get weak and you get to weeping, he knows that you're sincere in that prayer. When you pray... And you talk to God, and it just weakens. Like, you just get all weak, and you just can't stand anymore. You're so, you're so uh, drained from that prayer. God says, that's sincere. That came, from, that came from the heart. That wasn't just lip service. That wasn't him just saying something to impress the church or the family. That, that came from his heart. That came from her heart. He wants sincere prayer. Why would God give us anything if we weren't genuine in our request? Why? Why would he? It's not genuine. It's not sincere. Why would he want to do anything with that, answer that for us? Now, the second condition is that we have to follow the process of prayer. If we want to receive, we've got to ask. If we want to find, we've got to seek. And if we want to gain entry, we've got to knock. We have to. So that's that process. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. When you're praying, that's what he's wanting us to do. Follow these, these guides, this guide right here. 
out of Matthew 7, 7. Just follow that guide when we pray. You get nothing because you ask for nothing, though. God don't ever bless me. Well, do you ever pray? God don't ever do anything for my family. Do you ever pray for your family? You ask not. You get not because you ask not. You don't get it because you're not asking for it. Persistent prayer teaches us a few things. It teaches us how to communicate with God. I love, I've thought about this all week, and Maria has no clue this is coming. So I remember mine and Maria's conversations when we started dating. It's been a long time, ain't it, honey? (laughs) Long time. It's been 17 years this year we've been married. So two more years before that, so almost 20 years. And I'll never forget our conversations on the phone. I was working at Blowing Rock Police Department at the time, and I remember our conversations, and they wasn't very in-depth. Our communications was just, you know, we kind of looked for things to talk about because we didn't know each other that well. Didn't know her family, shouldn't know my family. We were just starting to learn each other. So the more we would talk, the more we learned each other. And evidently, I didn't run her off. I guess I didn't talk enough to scare her off. The same way with communicating with God. The more you communicate with him, the more you learn about him. The more you grow in him. The more he, lo- he knows you, but the more he learns about you. He made you. He already knows you. But he wants to have that relationship where you can keep communicating and keep growing in your relationship with him. He wants us to grow in him. Something else prayer teaches us is, a, is patience and hope in God. Anybody here born with patience? I think we was all born without patience. If you had any patience, then you have kids and you lose your patience. Patience. The more you pray, the more that you communicate with God, it's teaching us patience. It's teaching us how to wait on his time, and it's teaching us to wait on his will. That's that patience. That's that hope, that hope that we get from him that he's going to fulfill that will. It teaches us patience, and then it teaches us um, uh, love. It teaches us not just love, but how to love God. Because you, you do have to learn how to love things too, don't you? You've got to learn how to love things. I had to learn how to love broccoli. I hated broccoli. And I like it. Steam it, raw, whatever, just don't put cheese on it. I like broccoli. You've got to learn to love things. You've got to learn. So through your prayer life, you're learning who God is, and you get, it's, it becomes this intimate relationship And so you begin to love him more and more, and your love gets deeper and deeper in him. So that's what he wants from us. Prayer teaches us to love him more and more. How how do you ever love someone so much that gave his only begotten son to die for us? I mean, that's, that's unending love right there on the cross. But how can you love someone so much and keep growing? I mean, that's just... It's, it's amazing what happens when you communicate with God, when you pray and you talk to God, and how your love keeps getting deeper and deeper. It's just like a tree. It's like we're reading the Bible. It's like we're saying about. Our roots keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and what happens with deep roots? That tree gets stronger, don't it? 
It's harder to knock over. The wind can't blow it over. The, the water coming through is not going to knock it over. So the, the more we pray, the more we get to know and love God, the deeper our roots go and the stronger we become. Where the things of this world ain't going to come through and knock us over. The devil can't come through with his, with his bat and his demons and everything else and knock us over. Because we have communicated, we have talked to God, we are loving God, we are getting deeper and deeper in love with God, and we are a lot stronger than we was the day we got saved. Because we're communicating with Him. And we're trusting Him. And it allows us to see God's care in nature. I, I, I'm going I'm I'm to suck the wind out of y'all, you dads, real quick. It's hard to believe this. But God loves us more than we love our children. I didn't think it would be possible. I love my girls to death. You dads... You love your youngins to death. You love them. And you think there's nobody that can outlove their youngins more than me. I'll prove you wrong. God loves us a lot more than we love our youngins. Hard to imagine, ain't it? Can't wrap your mind around that. You grandparents, you think you love your grand youngins. Well, my dad tells me that he loves his grand youngins more than he loves me and my sister. <laughs> he also said that he... If he'd have known how much fun grandkids was, he'd have never had me and my sister. <laughs> but as much as my dad loves his grandkids, and he, he does love me and my sister, believe it or not, God still outloves him. And he loves us all. And to top it off, he loves us all equally. There's no favorites. He doesn't play favorites with his children. He just loves us all equally, 100%. He wants us to approach him as Father, that's, that's what he wants from us. He says, come to me as your father, as your heavenly father. Come to me in prayer as your heavenly father. Because I love you more than any father could ever love their children, I love you more. As Christians, we have the privilege to be called a child of God. It is a privilege, folks. It is an honor for us to be called a child of God. And here's the kicker. He's personally attached to each one of us. He's attached to us through the heart. He's attached to us. 1 John 4.16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. God loves y'all. Boy, does he love y'all. Each one of us. He loves you fully, and he loves you completely. I can't explain it. I can't explain it, but God loves you. He loves you greatly, and he's going to provide for us whatever we need. He's going to provide it in his timing, within his will. So always remember that. Number three, the power of persistent prayer. Now, I'm going to go back over here to verse 9 again. It says, Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, Will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Our first task is to go to God because he wants you to come to him. That's what he wants. Come to me. That's a, that's a task. Go, go to God. Go to him. So first thing we're going to do is go to him. God has made a family relationship with us. 
when we're saved, we become heirs to the kingdom. I like this. We become joint heirs with Jesus. But he wants us to come to him because we have that family relationship. His desire is for us to go to him. Romans 8.15 tells us, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Church, it's life-changing as a Christian to be able to call on the one true God. To be able to call the one true God Father. That, that's life-changing. When you realize that you are speaking to the creator of the universe, if that don't change your life, I don't know what will. Amen. To the one, the one that spent six days creating all of this. To the, the person that, that spent the seventh day resting. To the person that he created Adam and Eve and all the creatures. To the person that flooded this earth once. To the person that Daniel prayed to morning, noon, and night. Amen. To the person that spoke to Moses through a bush. To the person that wrote down the commandments on the tablet. All the things that we read about through time, through history, through Old Testament, through New Testament, that person that raised the dead, that person that parted water, that person we get to talk to on a daily basis, does that not blow your mind? That's life-changing when you realize who we are talking to. You ever called somebody or met somebody that's way up on a totem pole somewhere? And at some point they say, do you realize who you're talking to? Or you've talked to somebody and maybe you smarted off or you said something, maybe you were just blunt and honest with them. And then later on, down the, you know, a day or two later, somebody said, did you realize who you was talking to? No, I didn't. Well, you need to realize who you're talking to when you pray. God of the universe. God our Father. That's who you're talking to when you're praying. And it's life-changing when we understand it means what it means to be a joint heir of Christ. That is another big one. The man that sacrificed his life on that cross for each one of us, we're joint heirs with him. That's my brother. He's my father. That's my savior. That's my Lord. That's my shepherd. He's my all. I'm a joint heir to him. Instead, instead of being cowardly and not being able to, to pray or to talk to him the way that we ought to, we can approach God with boldness now. Because we have this relationship with our Abba Father. I love that, Abba. He no longer sees us as enemies. And we can go to him with boldness. The same boldness that Paul's telling us, to pre telling us to preach with, we can go to the throne. We can touch heaven with that boldness in our prayer. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Boldness. I like it. When you pray, pray bold. When you preach, preach bold. Whatever you do in Jesus' name, do it boldly. 
But we can approach him in full assurance of faith, too, and that's over in Hebrews 10, 22. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Blessed assurance. Full assurance of that faith. We can approach him with that full assurance of faith. God is more than able to do whatever we ask. More than able. As long as it is within his will, it's exactly what he wants from us, and it's not some crazy want that we have. He can provide, and he will. We have an open invitation from God to have a conversation with him anytime we want it. Anytime we want it. Some people have... They have a conversation with him. And it's pretty much, Lord bless my cornflakes. Amen. That's the, their daily conversation. Lord, if you will, just bless my fruit loops this morning. Bless my grits. Whatever it might be. It's not bacon. You better not be praying for bacon, BJ. You better not be providing that bacon, Judy. <laughs> That's the extent of most people's prayers on during the week. Lord, just bless my breakfast. They don't have enough concern about the rest of the day to say, Lord, bless my lunch or bless my supper. Lord, bless my cornflakes, and that's about it. We got to be bold. We got to be persistent in our prayers, and we got to pray and, and, and ask for the things that we are in total need of right now. There are things in this world, you might not know this, but there's people in this world that need something. They need salvation. So as we pray, and we pray persistently for these folks, we need to be extremely persistent. If you know somebody that is lost and undone, if you know somebody that's bound for hell, you've got to pray persistently for them. If you know somebody that's sick and they need a touch of God, don't just wait till Sunday morning and say, if you don't mind, remember so-and-so, they're having medical issues. Bring it to the church. Let the church help you pray. But you be persistent and you keep praying on. Amen. You keep praying on. There's been, actually somebody here told me the same thing, but there's been times grandmas have prayed their granddaughter or grandson out of things just because these grandparents are pretty persistent. And I thank your grandparents for being persistent. But there's been times that parents have been persistent in their prayers too. Lord, I'm, I'm praying my son or my daughter out of this situation. Be persistent in your prayer. God will answer those prayers for you, but you got don't just toss one out and hope that it catches. Be persistent in your prayer. We have to go to him with pure motives and proper requests. Matthew 6, says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God will bless his people. When they seek him. I promise you that. He's going to bless his people. But you got three steps when you pray. You ask. You seek. And you knock. And like I said, that's all action. So that means you got to do something. Ask. Seek. Knock. And he's going to do great things for y'all. We need to. Loving God and hand of God in our lives. I, I'll, I'll end with this. 
We need that loving, guiding hand of God. And we need it on a daily basis. And he's going, he'll reveal himself to you. Especially if you're persistent in your prayers. You'll see him. I promise you. You'll hear him. Remember I talked about this a couple weeks ago. If you keep praying to him, you keep talking to him, you're going to recognize that voice. And you're going to know that it's him. You're going to know he's talking to you. You're going to know when he answers you. You're going to know that it's him answering you. But you've got to have that communication with him. You've got to keep talking to him so that you can hear his voice, learn his voice, understand his voice. And you've got to wait on that timing too. Stand with me. We're going to close out. I, I can't say it enough. I, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a blessed pastor, but y'all are a blessed church, not because of me, but because you have brothers and sisters in this church that pray. I love, as bad as it sounds, I love to get a phone call saying, hey, can you put this out on call tree real quick? So-and-so sick, or we need this. We need this done. We need, we need prayer. And they'll call. And it is an honor to be able to set that up. And ask this church to keep praying. You're persistent. I don't have to keep reminding you. Once you hear it, you just do it and you keep doing it. And then we wait. And we wait for good news. We wait for really good news, don't we, Andrew? (laughs) We just wait. Wait on the Lord and his timing. So, thank you all for your prayers. For you. Persistent prayers. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? Okay. All right. Remember that one. Pray here in just a minute for that. Absolutely. It's been a long month or so. I know. I know. (laughs) You'd have got 50 bucks out of that. (laughs) Yeah, so 
and I think I told Andrea this, and that, that's one of the things that we don't think about. So Andrea had a lot on her plate. She had, she had Sage, she had Jerry. She's the mom, she's the wife. So one of the things I prayed for, and I think y'all did too, was, was, was patience and peace. I think peace was the big one. She needed, she needed strength for this whole thing, through this, all this. Uh, she got it. You still got your hair too. <laughs> but there, I, y'all know it. Y'all been here longer than I have. You know what happens when this church prays. When, when people of God, I won't just say this church, but when people of God pray, things happen. Mountains move. Yep. Keep it up. Anybody else? You're still here. You ain't brought neither. <laughs> you, you and Andrew could have shared a room. <laughs> stop <laughs> anybody else I think I just got released. I can go in now as a clergy from what I've been told. I'm afraid to ask, but I'm supposed to be able to go into the hospital now. So we'll see how that goes. At least we're talking. That's what I've been told. You're supposed to know these things. You work there. All right, anybody else? Keith, will you dismiss us, please? Amen. All right. I'll see everybody in the morning.